0: Hi,
1: Diana. So apparently I have to put on my teacher voice to do this on Jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: I thought you were going to say put on your pants. I have my pants on. I just took my shirt off. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I was actually walking around the back part of the house with no shirt on for a little while there, but you missed out. Well, you know, there's always tomorrow. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Erin Plym and Diana Seacon, where we prove
1: we know nothing about our legal system,
0: but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. Hi, Diana. Hey, Erin. We're recording again. I feel like we just did this. We did.
1: We are on a compressed time schedule.
0: I know. It's busy. Everything's
1: busy. Everything is busy.
0: How did life become busy?
1: Well, it's almost school time again.
0: Yeah to take my oldest baby to school in a couple days like two No. like day after tomorrow i'm kind of sad i am sad <laughs> <laughs> it's not even mine and i'm sad i know i'm really happy he's going back to school like to his school and he's gonna go have that experience and he's a junior and oh my god but Oh my God! He's going away really far. <laughs> Not as far as he went away the last
1: time he went to school.
0: It's true. Well, well mostly just because we are closer, but yes, well, right.
1: That's where I was going. Mm-hmm. Although there is a lake that is really inconveniently placed. I
0: understand there are lots of lakes. There are like twelve thousand of them. Big one. <laughs> there's a big one in the way yeah. between you guys. But I am excited to go see our boss's mother and father-in-law. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> they are so great. I'm really excited. I to can see imagine
1: cuz they raised a pretty great kid from what I can tell.
0: Uh yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, he's alright.
1: He wears some pretty awesome suits to uh company Christmas parties.
0: True. True. Love you, Ben. <laughs> 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 so, Diana, tell me, did you learn anything this week? Yes. You did. I
1: Did. So we've had a situation at the Seacon household.
0: You've had a couple of situations at the Seacon household recently. I
1: would like to point out that the the title of my notes this week is In Which Diana Becomes a Bit Uncomfortable About How Much of Her Own Experience She's Been Able to Share on a True Crime Podcast. I I
0: think that is a fair title and also hilarious. Yes. <laughs> this,
1: this is my life
0: now. Yeah so we we uh, bought
1: our house two years ago. We bought it from a woman who was quite elderly. She's in the nursing home. she's since passed away. And we've been getting mail for two of her kids, and by kids, I mean, they're old enough to have grandchildren. like they're oh, they're not young. they're no. probably in their fifties.
0: Okay, old enough to know better. Oh Jesus <laughs> I'm going to see if I can make Diana's eyes roll right out of the back of her head today. Uh, it might happen.
1: It was mostly like shitty catalogs. Sure. You know, nothing major, but something like I'd get the catalogs and be like, wow, maybe I hope you don't wear those clothes because that's really attractive. Right. You <laughs> like, <has> questionable <laughs> taste, my former people.
0: My former people. Your former people
1: of my home. The woman we bought the house from had Alzheimer's, so we were dealing with her son when we bought the house, right. and closing took forever. Uh, so we, yeah, I know
0: how that goes. Well, no. I mean,
1: it went on the day it was supposed to. Oh, yeah.
0: No, I don't know how that
1: goes. It just took hours. So we got to chatting, and it sounded like none of them had ever lived in that house, that she bought that house after they were adults. Like, maybe one of them had crashed there during college on breaks and stuff, but okay. nobody had ever, like, lived there, lived there. Lived there. Sure. Which is strange, because my house is... Ridiculously sized for a single person.
0: Oh, she was always just her. It was always
1: just her. And she was older when she bought the house. Her kids were grown up.
0: Right. So there are a lot of stairs and a lot of things to take care of. Did she have grandchildren? Like, was she buying a house that the family could get together? No. So she just wanted the weird, ridiculously large house.
1: And like to do nothing to it the whole time she lived there.
0: Not even the bomb shelter. Not even open
1: the safe. There are some weird things that happen, but it's not about my poor home maintenance. Okay. <laughs> I had gotten a little bit of inside gossip on this because my brother-in-law grew up in the town I live in and he knows everybody. You can't take him anywhere.
0: <laughs> That's like my whole family in the town I grew up. Right.
1: So, when we bought this place, uh, Mike is my brother-in-law. He was telling his best friend, whose family kind of adopted him during high school, they've been friends forever, that oh yeah, Jeff and Diana bought this house. It turns out that Mike's
0: Best friends, dad's brother. Okay, wait. My best, best friend's dad's, friend's dad's brother. Brother. brother, brother, brother. So Mike's best friend's uncle. Yes. Okay. Was the boyfriend of
1: the woman we bought the house from?
0: Oh, that's like way many removed, more than
1: Kevin Bacon. <laughs> but apparently, this woman, as she was dating this man, like never had a good thing to say about any of her children. Ooh. To which I say, there seems to be a common denominator here. (laughs) True. If one of your children turns out like a shithead, we all get one.
0: If all of
1: them turn out like
0: shitheads... Yeah, something's going on. I feel like he had something to do with that. Yeah. You only have one. Do you get one? No. This one has to turn out good. That would also be all.
1: Yeah, no, mm -mm. Unacceptable. All right. so I've not had a great opinion of these people they were horrible to deal with during the sale it took forever I had to beg them to sell me the house I paid way more than I should have it was, it was a nightmare but we closed I figured it was done I'd never hear from these people again and right. I was wrong
0: <laughs> and I was wrong. So
1: throughout, you know, for a long time we got like catalogs and weird mailings. But that t- stuff just takes forever to yeah. settle out. There's... And
0: why would you bother like telling them that you'd moved? Because maybe you won't have to get them anymore. Well, like the post office doesn't forward them. And, yeah.
1: and they never lived there. Right. Like to be fair, they never lived there. Right. So then I started getting other stuff. Okay. I got a vehicle registration.
0: Uh... That one of
1: them has registered a vehicle to my address.
0: That they never lived at.
1: That they sure as hell sure don't currently live in. True. I got a voter registration card.
0: Oh, that is not cool.
1: Right. So this is around the time, um, this all happened last fall, and I got those two pretty quick back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Voting in the Secon household is serious business.
0: Yeah, I always hear that. And when you do this thing with your eyes, like... I'll cut you. It's that one, but like serious. Right. My my
1: mother-in-law is a former state legislator. Yeah. We vote. Yes. We look into what we're voting for. We do it all the
0: time. Make informed decisions. Every available opportunity. Right. And for the district in which you live. Right. And my mother-in-law is a lovely, gentle,
1: forgiving woman, Mm -hmm. but I knew the minute I told her that I knew that somebody was committing voter fraud. Like, our relationship was on the rocks if I did not do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> I called the local voter board, whatever it's yeah. called. I'm like, hey. She's not allowed to vote here. She doesn't live here. Like, does not live at my house. Right. I, I have since found out, does not live in the state, does not live in the time zone. Oh, my God. So, she's registered to vote. I've gotten COBRA notices for her kid. So, she's giving mm-hmm. her address out to
0: the to her work. again does not live in the state i don't understand how that one would benefit her i well i don't really understand the voter registration no actually i don't understand how any of this is benefiting her well so the car registration i can see because if your car is registered to
1: an address in a good neighborhood which i happen to live in cheaper car insurance rates okay so i bet whoever is actually driving that car lives in a crappy neighborhood
0: right okay that makes sense i wouldn't be smart enough to do it but it makes sense it's all insurance (laughs) <laughs> well right yeah i just never would have even considered that no so
1: so i've gotten some weird like cobra notices and and all that and i mostly send it back with very very angry notes with has never lived here removed from our list right um but i called the local election board and it was like hey this person's registered to vote at my address they don't live here i believe they don't live in the state and they're like oh
0: huh 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 Oh, that's not okay. In this country right now, we have lots of issues with voting, and uh, maybe we should handle this shit. Right? Maybe she had a Russian name. We'd... No, we're looking into
1: that either. Hmm. And I called the uh, the DMV here is DOT, MnDOT, uh Department of Transportation. Even mm-hmm. though everybody still call this DMV. And so I called MinDOT and I said, "Hey, I got this notification because it's just a postcard. Like, yeah, you can no, see, I yeah, I've see got everything one. on it, right?" And I said, hey, I, I got this registration that this car that I don't own by a person who doesn't live here is registered to my address. Please should be correcting that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, do you know where she lives? No, I fucking don't.
0: It's not my job. I don't know her. She's I'm, a stranger. i never met this woman. <laughs> right. I know where she doesn't live. Yeah, n- in my house. Um, well, OK, so your house is pretty big and has lots of interesting spaces. Are you certain she doesn't live in your house? You found a safe. It you didn't did, know I but it was there. under a bunch of stuff. She could be under a bunch of stuff. I feel like I would notice the lumps. Do things go missing, like food? No.
1: Did I ever tell you about my old house that
0: that happened then? No. Did you have somebody living in your walls? No. Aww. And I
1: didn't lock the back door. If I was home and I kept missing stuff out of the fridge specifically, like... I would have thought that there was a beer in there and there was no beer. I would have thought that I put a coke in the fridge and there was no coke. And then like oh. an onion went missing. And an, an onion. <laughs> onion went missing. And Jeff was like, You just you didn't buy it. Like you thought you did and you didn't. And it right, was Right, like,
0: because how where else would it have gone? Where, where would two
1: have, of us nobody has Where up? would an onion go? And it was like,
0: I am fairly certain
1: about an onion. And then a bag of hash browns went on the lamb. And you're like, Jeff, are you eating my shit? No, out and of the he's fridge? denying. He's like, you just didn't buy it. You're just not remembering. And I'm like, I like, no. Like, I wanted these hash browns. i really
0: certain I bought those. I said,
1: but um, the final straw was I bought, like, a bubbly crust. Yeah. And I put it in the fridge. And he was there. And then it was missing. And I'm like, okay, we both saw the fucking pizza crust go in the fridge, right? And oh now it's God, gone. God. I love this story. Right. <laughs> but we didn't know what was going on. And I couldn't figure it out. And finally, I was up one day. And my office was kind of in the upstairs hall, which makes sense if you've ever seen that house. And I hear I'm home with just Liam. He's having a nap. Jeff's at work or something. Mm-hmm. And I hear the back door open, and there's like footsteps. It was a tiny, tiny house. Footsteps that sound like they're going to the fridge. Like stuff is moving around, and footsteps go out. And I finally figured out it's our next door neighbor who must have been going Confused. on the downward slide to dementia. Yeah. But he'd come in and like take an onion or a beer.
0: <laughs> How funny. Is and once that? I started locking the
1: back door, That's end of that. problem.
0: Okay, so experiencing that would scare the shit out of me, even if he was like this harmless little old man. But it scared me less when I figured out,
1: like, it's Bill. He's coming into my house because he. So you knew him. Well, we knew him and we had figured out we'd never been explicitly told. But like his brother was over there a lot. And like
0: taking care of him. Well, and
1: in talking to him, like I knew something was going on. Gotcha. So once I figure, like, it's Bill, he's coming in, he's not going to make a fuss locked the, the door, fridge. he's raiding the fridge, he's taking what he needs out of there. I was actually
0: less scared than I was when I thought, I just thought it was going crazy. Yeah, no, that would be terrible. That actually would be super, super upsetting. But as an anecdote, it is a great it's a, story. It's a pretty good one.
1: <laughs> but anyway, I'm fairly certain nobody else is living in my house okay and if they are they're certainly not contributing if they could just like put dishes in the dishwasher every once in a while, i'd overlook it right right so i kind of did what i could last fall when this shit came through and nobody was interested the dmb didn't care the election board didn't care and i kind of let it go it's mostly just catalogs and weird notices and shit that i'd send back but i got a letter from the irs <gasps> addressed to this woman uh-huh i am not a fan of dealing with the IRS. <laughs> Nobody is a fan. Well, but of I I, with I have a IRS. pretty specific rule about not to. Well, yeah. This is a problem. And I got to thinking about things, and I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm I am naturally kind of a paranoid person. Okay. And it occurred to me that in Minnesota there are really only a couple of different ways that you register to vote. One of them is when you get your driver's license. And there is a little box that says, would you like to register to vote? And you right. always check yes, because you would like to register to vote. That's how I am registered to vote where I live. Or, I didn't remember this, but you said that you can do it on your change, you of, change address of address
0: form. Yeah, I did it when I was still in Virginia. I was registered to vote here before we were even living here. Right.
1: When I got this IRS notice, I got to thinking, I wonder, I mean, their car is registered to my address. Mm-hmm. They're registered to vote here. Mm-hmm. I bet they have a driver's license that has my address on it. That's creepy. Which means if they have a driver's license with my address on it, if they call any locksmith, they can get into my house. True. So I called the cops. Yeah. And the real thing I've learned this week
0: is that the cops do not give a fuck. Yeah. Because no crime against you has been committed. Right. So
1: that seems to be the crux of it is they are using my address, but they
0: are not using my name. Right. They are not stealing my identity. Right. Although I think mine is better than theirs. (laughs) <laughs> i'm fairly certain that if you have to put an out-of-state address on your registration your voter id card your taxes your kids health insurance then then yeah and- like like I said, like I did not have
1: positive dealings with this family when we were running the house. It was a nightmare. They were awful. They were horrible to deal with. They were liars. I talked to the police yesterday, and I told them everything, and I pointed out the many, many, many different kinds of fraud that have been committed using...
0: Yeah, she's doing a good job. Yeah. M-
1: using my address. And the message I got back was, yeah, shit happens.
0: Yeah. It sucks because it's like, it's like stalking, right? Where... She hasn't done anything to you, but there's great potential.
1: I mean, I'm worried that somebody could gain access to my house. And, I, mm-hmm. and I've asked my local police, like, what are you doing to make sure I'm safe in my home? And they're like, yeah, there's no threat. <laughs> I mean, people can get into my house.
0: Right. It's like, kind of a threat. At least it sounds like they don't have the money to travel to your house to break it. <laughs>
1: well, I hope not. But, you know, again, that lends the question of have they been going through my mail
0: yeah. That is so weird. And it's a weird violation. Now I feel like somebody could come in my house.
1: Right. And even somebody who's doing their due diligence of checking ID and doing those things. Yeah. It would check out.
0: Yeah. And not everybody does their due diligence. Ask me, ask me, ask me. What did you learn this week, Erin? Okay, mine has nothing to do with crime. Yay! Um. Okay, so this week I learned about the pangolin. The animal? Yeah. Aww. Which is a little like a hedgehog. It
1: is, but it's I think... also a little bit like a platypus.
0: And a little bit like a pine cone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so
1: cool looking.
0: What did you learn? What did you learn? Uh, what I learned, well, I learned a ton of things, but the thing that I decided to tell was that they chew with their stomachs. They swallow all of the bugs that they eat pretty much whole. Stick their tongue. They have these enormous tongues. They slurp them up, right? Like an anteater. And they swallow it. And in their stomach, they have essentially teeth. Like it's made of like the stuff your fingernails are made of. Uh And it's all spiky. And then they have like strong stomach acid. But they grind it up. And they'll even eat stones to help grind up all of the bugs that they've eaten. Kind of like a gizzard. But then they also have like like bony protrusions in their stomach for grinding up because they swallow everything alive and so like tummy dentata yeah (laughs) it is (laughs) which somehow is very upsetting no but But they don't
1: have to go to the dentist
0: no i would imagine that you can't brush that so hopefully it doesn't decay but yeah so they chew with their tummies that is crazy. Some of them also have prehensile tails, so that they really look like barn cones. Oh. <laughs> um, and apparently they are like super, super heavily poached and endangered like everywhere because they're they their armor, they like scaly. If you don't know what a pangolin looks like, Go you gotta it Google it right now. Yeah, you have to look it up right now because they're amazing. They look fake, um, but also people have made suits of armor for royalty out of out of their skins. Oh. Then it just, but it looks like chainmail. It's amazing. Like it's Ooh. horrible, but it's amazing, and they are so insanely cute. They are
1: ridiculously adorable.
0: Oh, my God! they are insanely cute, and they curl up in their little balls, and they, they really look like pine cones. They do, and they use their tail to protect their face, and oh, oh God, they're so cute they're so
1: cute. there's
0: apparently a series it's probably a YouTube series called like. The most adorable animal you never heard of or something like that. My mom was showing them to Sophia. And I was like, wait a sec, play that over again. i got to write it down for the, my thing that I learned this week. So that's now where I, that came
1: now from. Now I know the next series of cute animal videos, Liam and I will be
0: watching. Uh, yes. Oh. Yes. Much less disturbing than your radish video. <laughs> Love my radish video. Yeah. Um, guys, you need to ask Diana about this radish video. I'll post it when the episode drops. Mm-hmm. Anyway... All right, so I feel like you have already told us a crime story. Kind of. But do you have another one? I do. Is it about you? Because your title is all about you.
1: It is, but that was just my basic discomfort with the entire situation.
0: Okay, so the story is not about you. No, but it is you're entitled. You're not secretly a serial killer. No secrets. Well, you're, you're a a proud nah
1: okay (laughs) so my actual title of my story is i've been thinking about mail fraud recently (laughs) (laughs) i actually first learned that mail fraud was a a big deal reading a crime novel and i don't remember which one i think it
0: was john grisham
1: um Mm, but what i've
0: read some john grisham i really like him i do too but very formulaic but oh yeah, yeah, yeah enjoyable yeah
1: the first four like
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> the reason I think it was a John Gershom is that I think it was the firm, and I think it was when they were compiling all of the charges. And one of the lawyers just like throw in mail fraud. Well, we don't have any evidence. It's probably there. <laughs> like, you just always add mail fraud.
0: Always add mail fraud. Just always add mail fraud. Except if it's against the Secons, in which case, not cool. With you're that. good.
1: So it turns out the the government's not real good with mail fraud. There, there's a bit more that's involved in in mail fraud. So mail fraud can be committed through the, the Postal Service as well as any other mail-carrying institution, so FedEx or UPS or, oh.
0: or whatever. Okay, so I just learned something.
1: So apparently the rationale behind that is because they cross state lines while delivering that mail.
0: Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense.
1: There has to be an intent to defraud, not just an intent to deceive. Okay. If a company sends out shady advertisements, that's fine, Right. If they send something out that is intended to separate you from your money or property, that is a problem on a fraudulent basis.
0: Okay. So if I advertise my asphalt company where I'm going to dump oil on your driveway and tell you that in two days it'll be sealed, that's mail fraud. But if I tell you that I'm a wonderful contractor and then do a shit
1: job, that's not. That's fine. Yeah, it's just deceptive advertising, not mail fraud.
0: That I am totally a victim of mail fraud. Well, I think we all are. <laughs>
1: um, the attempt does not have to be successful to be considered mail fraud.
0: Okay, just has that makes to be sense. attempted. Yeah. The
1: penalties for mail fraud are huge. The U.S. does not fuck around when it comes to mail fraud. I feel Unless like it's the seagulls. Right. I feel like I've said fuck. All. Well, I haven't contacted the postal inspector yet. Oh, okay. So nice. maybe maybe each count. Oh wow! Can result in a sentence of up to twenty years in federal <gasps> pound you in the ass prison. Nice. However, that can go up to 30 years each if the fraud involves federal disaster relief or where the victim is a financial institution. Nice lobbying, assholes.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: Probation can be assigned instead of prison time. Okay. A single count of mail fraud can result in a fine of up to $250,000.
0: So if you send out 100 flyers, you could spend hundreds of years in prison.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Except... For instances involving federal disaster relief or federal or financial institutions, assholes, yeah. that can go up to a million dollars per offense. Ow. Perpetrators may also have to make restitution to their victims in addition
0: to fines,
1: um, but that only applies when probation is given lieu of jail time.
0: So if you go to jail, you don't have to pay them back.
1: You can't. You're making three cents an hour.
0: Well, that's that is true, but they can then sue you, right? Like it could be a civil case afterwards.
1: I suppose I didn't look because I much feel into like it. you've
0: got to have the opportunity to recoup what they stole from you.
1: So our main character today was already in prison for a real long time when he committed his substantial and, might I add, ballsy <laughs> mail fraud.
0: there's another reason why i'd be shitty if the internet had fewer like consequences and less sentences or less time (laughs) and all that because criminals can't do that well that's not even true i totally get emails from a felon all the time yeah
1: um, but anyway, this this guy probably wasn't as worried about fines and restitution and whatnot as you and I might be. No, not so much. A reading.
0: We are going to read from the book, <laughs> from the Psalms, <of> <laughs> from the Holy Word of the Spokesman Review, which is a <laughs> newspaper out of Spokane, Washington. Ah, uh, honey, <laughs> I like
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> the story of how Brown went from a 23-year-old University of Idaho computer science student to 53-year-old inmate suspected of perpetrating one of the most inventive prison scams ever discovered is a tale of habitual crime, long sentences, mental illness, and lack of treatment. Mark Anthony Brown embarked on his life of crime at a very early age, spent his childhood in and out of juvie for stealing. Okay. By the time he'd turned 18, he'd committed 13 burglaries, including one of a U.S. post office. <gasps> That's bad news, Bad dude. news. By 1982, when he was in his early 20s, he'd been involved in 60 known thefts and burglaries. Wow, that is a busy, busy childhood. Busy childhood. And he had some other shit going on, too. He spent a lot of time in Juvie. He also had a suicide attempt in his teenage years. He escaped oh, from Juvie yeah. at one point, and he oh, wow. was temporarily placed in the foster system. Ugh. In 1978, Brown enrolled at the University of Idaho, and he was working towards a computer science degree. And He was doing great academically, really, really good at what he was doing. But at night, he would break into university buildings or homes or businesses and steal from them. Dude, so close. So close. So from all of the previous criminal activity, he was on probation. Yeah. And in 1982, his dorm room was... That was the
0: year I was born. I turned seven.
1: <laughs> the year Aaron was born, his dorm room <laughs> was, was searched, and it turned up just piles and piles of stolen stuff, including electronics and jewelry. Dude. From there, the police went to search his grandparents' home and his safe deposit box? What college student has a safety deposit
0: box? Right. I don't have a safety deposit box. No, I don't either. I have a little fire safe.
1: Yeah, I'm a grown up human being. I don't have one of those.
0: I also don't have a physical bank with a building. So Do you
1: bank with Bank of the Internet?
0: Yeah. Do you really? Well, I bank with USAA, which is an internet bank. Oh, my sister's mortgage is through
1: Bank of the Internet.
0: Oh, that's awesome yeah. though. I didn't either <laughs> But no, I mean, there are no physical buildings, so I don't know where my safety deposit box would live. Well,
1: yeah. So apparently, this kid had one. Right? He has secrets to lock up, okay? Well, right. So at the grandparents' house and at the safety deposit box, they, they found a bunch more stuff. He was uh, arrested. hmm He was diagnosed with kleptomania and borderline mm-hmm. personality disorder. Um, so it's interesting. I actually know a little something about borderline personality disorder. And they talked about mental illness and lack of treatment. Ain't no treatment
0: no. for borderline. No, there's not. And but that doesn't mean he didn't also have something else.
1: Well, right, and I don't know what's available for like kleptomania and, and some of the things. I think there things.
0: is there, there is therapy yeah. for kleptomania, so he could have had that. But I I bet that I bet that often goes hand in hand with other things. Probably.
1: He had a couple of diagnoses there. At the trial that followed from all all of the stolen goods discovery, he God. pleaded with the judge for leniency. He admitted that he did need to be locked up. And then said, at the same time, I feel I need something else. I honestly feel that the things I've done stem from things I was never in control of. So he has that awareness of, I know something's wrong and I don't know what it is. Right. Which is, I just feel like the worst place to
0: be. Yeah. No, that would be terrifying all the time. Yeah. I could see how you could end up with a control thing like kleptomania if that was the state you were in. Yep. Where like I I can't even control my own brain, right? So which is absolutely true. But you with know what borderline can do. and also right.
1: like there's less risk aversion and like right. they can really play well together.
0: Yeah, and pass yeah. like do really well at school in computer science classes. Well, in people with a borderline tend to be very intelligent. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they have. I almost think they have to be. Like sometimes they think I'm not smart enough to have a borderline personality <laughs> sort of, because you have to keep an eye on your own reality which doesn't match up with everybody else's reality and you have to keep that straight and i can barely remember what we talked about five minutes ago
0: yeah no i definitely like when i think about like psychopath kind of things and you know i don't that's exhausting it sounds exhausting right. it sounds like so much work
1: one of our one of our coworkers once said something to the effect of i'm too lazy to lie and yeah. I, I really like that is like just a saying like i can't be bothered but i kind of adopted that not because i'm too lazy to lie but because i can't remember my right like, right i barely remember the truth i can't lie <laughs> right i'm gonna have to keep it
0: all straight you know it's gonna breed other lies right <laughs> right
1: so, yeah no no good can't go down that road he did go to prison the judge that he made that plea in front of was not impressed mm,
0: which it, is probably good because he definitely could have made that plea totally um it could have been a play yeah yeah Easily. Although
1: although I feel, again, borderlines don't admit something. Well, I suppose they do if they feel like they can get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you know? Well, that's the thing. You know, he could have actually meant it. It could have been heartfelt. He could have been like, I know something is missing or wrong or weird or whatever. Or it could be like, I'm going to tell you that I think something is missing or weird and I want help. And play on your pity. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Although at the same time, regardless of whether he meant it or he was trying to get something out of it, he does need help. Not that there's going to be a treatment, but he needs something. He
1: needs something. That judge wasn't impressed. Uh, He did get a somewhat lighter sentence on appeal, but he did serve 12 years for that and got out on parole in 1994. While he was in prison that time, he had a bunch of disciplinary violations, Mm. Uh, breaking rules, stealing, forging purchase orders at his job with Correctional Industries Nice. He also tampered with the computers that he had access to to change the driver's license status of other correctional industries employees. (gasps) Wow. This is my favorite. He is smart. In 1986, he tried to submit a false claim in the Dalkon Shield litigation. What? (laughs) From prison. Also, without a uterus.
0: Yeah, that... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would be, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Less impressive than the from prison. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: so, man with penis, how has this IUD injured your uterus? Right. <laughs> well, so he got out in 1994, got on a par- parole.
0: He found a job. They paroled him even with all of those disciplinary infractions? Oh, yeah.
1: He did eventually find a job once he was out with a company called Applied Process Controls, and he provided technical support for industrial instrument. Oh lord. Uh huh. Uh huh. Technical support for industrial instrumentation controls,
0: and he was apparently very good at this, which is impressive because you can't even say it, right? (laughs) Definitely can't do it. I've been really mean to you today. I'm sorry. (laughs) You've been hanging
1: out with your dad.
0: I think I have. <laughs> he was very good at his
1: job. Um, the articles I read, his employer talked and really had nothing but good to say. Well, sure. Really good at his job, really good at customers, the whole package. Yeah. But he was soon up to
0: his old ways. Yeah. Because well, that's not going to do it for him. Right.
1: A state parole office in Boise was torched.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: eight days later, alarms were tripped at another Department of Correction office in West Boise.
0: Police. That that went in a totally different direction because everything else he's done has been nonviolent. I mean, I guess yeah. breaking and entering, but I mean, presumably breaking and entering, but everything else he's done has been.
1: Well, and I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that the two were related. I couldn't necessarily find information on that because arson was not his MO. It was always wrong. Not at
0: all. Right.
1: So maybe that wasn't it. And it was just a coincidence that eight days later, alarms were tripped at this other office in West Boise. Police responded and they found a broken window and damage to computers. And they saw him in his 1978 VW
0: bus, (laughs) but also, stupid getaway vehicle. It's gonna be noticeable. Well,
1: right. I mean, this is what 94, right? Yeah, you have a 78 VW bus, which is an awesome car,
0: (laughs) but but no, also draws attention,
1: also draws attention. But they uh he was whipping around the corner like trying to get away. They saw him. Right. Yeah. He was arrested, his apartment was searched, turned up a bunch more stolen stuff. Along with cages of exotic birds. Which was the only mention and nobody ever said another word about the birds.
0: I would like to know more about I that have, though. I've of seen. all of the details here. That and did he burn the place down? But uh, Right. Yeah,
1: not sure on either of those things. He was sentenced to serve up to 116 years in prison.
0: Oh, yeah, a lot of robbery. That's a lot of time, too.
1: Yeah. Um, once he was back in prison, apparently Idaho has a bit of a overpopulation problem. Which is like, Really, Idaho?
0: What are y'all doing there? Well, yeah, but I think all prisons have an overpopulation problem. Yeah, probably. Because they probably build below. I mean, like, proportionally, they just don't have as many, right? Or maybe there's just nothing to do. I don't know.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about Idaho. Um, potatoes. I
0: love potatoes.
1: He spent some time in a uh, facility in Oklahoma where he was sent due to overcrowding in Idaho prisons. And then he was mm. returned to the Idaho Correctional Center, which is run by all of our friends, the Corrections Corporation of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's south of Boise. At some point, he acquired and moved with him throughout all of these moves an electric typewriter.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Nobody's real sure how that happened.
0: Yeah, no, you can't order that on commissary or property. Yeah. I am certain. Mm, well, he had one. You can buy a tablet, but you can't buy an electric typewriter.
1: Mm, well, he had one. On August 28, 2009, a searcher Brown's cell turned up some weird stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Numerous typewritten letters from various non-existent law firms proving, mm. please see your quotes, that Brown had purchased various stocks or had interest in various class action settlements. Wow. When CCA officials went and had a look he was placed in SEG for five days,
0: hmm.
1: reclassified to medium security, not sure from what, they didn't mention that, and lost commissary privileges for 45 days.
0: Well, it had to be minimum security. It must have been a minimum. Because you wouldn't go down for right. more fraud.
1: Right. And he wasn't ever violent or right. he was just a thief.
0: So then he was not at all charged for the arson. I'm guessing not.
1: The uh, Ada County Sheriff's Department was also notified that there might be a case of mail fraud at the prison.
0: (laughs) Might be. Could have just been bored.
1: Might be a little mail fraud. Right. Right. And at that point, it seems like the ball was dropped. CCA said that it did its job by notifying local officials. Mm -hmm. But the Idaho Department of Corrections said that they didn't know about it. And the sheriff's office does say that they received a report, but it seems like they didn't do anything with it. Mm. in october 2011 he was transferred to the state prison in orofino
0: okay we're gonna go with that sure it sounds good
1: yeah he brought his typewriter
0: yeah. yeah see um if you're committing a crime in your cell you should probably have the the weapon taken away
1: oh but wait for it officials at that new prison never told any of this
0: Ah, <gasps> oh. okay guys come In a
1: personal records, Idaho Department of Corrections never knew about it. Mm. Five months into his stay at Orofino, one of the guards got suspicious. Corporal Wesley Hackathorn, which I absolutely read as Hackathon.
0: (laughs) 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 And he would have fit right in in this story. He in
1: software for too
0: long. Well, that too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was a guard at the Orofino facility and a former investigator for the U.S. Navy.
0: Oh, he's like, you know, I haven't investigated anything recently, and you're setting off alarm bells. I got, I
1: got some mention. Right. One of the mailroom officers mentioned to Heckathorn that Brown seemed to be getting a large volume of mail marked legal mail. Now, the thing to know about legal mail is that it's handled differently from other mail. Yeah. Regular mail is heavily screened by prison authorities, but legal yep. mail isn't. Inmates are allowed to correspond with their lawyers and the courts without that screening. It's opened by an officer in the inmate's presence to make sure that there's no contraband in there, but it's handed over to the inmate. They don't read it. They don't look at it. Nothing.
0: Which is interesting because Virginia prisons just passed a new rule, or I don't know if it has to be a law or whatever, but um, where all mail, with the exception of books sent directly from the publisher has to be photocopied before it's given to the inmate. They can't even handle the paper. So I wonder if they also do that. Like if they still have to photocopy it and destroy the original, or if they will make an exception.
1: Sounded like well, again, it's a different state. It's several years ago.
0: Right. right. Well, and this is brand new as of like six months ago. Right. But still, like I just But wonder. no, it,
1: it sounds like like they bring in the inmate, they open it, they shake Scan it out. Scan it, right. Um, but they do not look at it. They are not. They do not read it. They do not look at right. it. They just hand it over.
0: I mean, I feel like you could do that with a Xerox machine, but then you potentially are keeping a copy of it. Right. Like it would not be very secure anymore. Right.
1: Well, and if it's lawyer, like that's attorney-client privilege
0: right but at the same time that is a really good way to get whatever into the prison because that was a thing you soak the paper in it you put a sticker on it you you know there's lots of ways to get drugs or other things in
1: well and maybe with him they weren't worried like drugs were never his thing no it's true maybe they just it's true particularly worried about him he was in this really large volume of legal mail and this heckathorn Got to thinking about it. He's like, this guy's been in prison for almost 20 years.
0: Right. He's not got any appeals coming up. Appeals are done.
1: He's not, like, his lawyer doesn't have much to do with anything. It just seemed odd that he'd be still receiving this volume of legal mail. Right. He began to suspect that maybe it wasn't legal mail at all. Maybe it was something else. Right. He took his suspicions to the warden and some other prison officials, and he was authorized to start screening all of the mail, along with monitoring his phone calls and watching his finances. He uncovered a remarkable scam. Ooh! Unfortunately, all the articles I read did not talk as much about the scam as I hoped they would. But what I can tell you is using his electric typewriter, Mm -hmm. he would file false claims in major lawsuit settlements throughout the United States. He collected tens of thousands of dollars, estimated to be around $64,000. One check alone from a lawsuit against GlaxoSmithKline was for $29,000, and it was mailed right to the prison.
0: Wow. Well, and put on his account?
1: Yes, on his commissary account.
0: You would have so much power in a prison if you had that kind of money. Oh,
1: but this guy was smart. He had an investment account on the outside that he would transfer money from his commissary account into that investment account.
0: Oh, man. So it would be in
1: there. He'd buy whatever, you know, probably bought whatever he wanted, Yeah. And, but he was investing.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: Smart, like everybody that talked about him, smart, smart guy. Like super smart guy. By July of that year, Hecathorn had enough evidence to indicate that some sort of criminal activity was going on. He filed a report with the FBI. They started investigating. A federal grand jury indicted Brown on charges of mail fraud. Duh.
0: Duh. Again.
1: Right. He pleaded guilty to two federal counts of mail fraud under a deal that allowed him to avoid trial on the 12-count indictment. He has to forfeit $60,000 in proceeds from his schemes and surrender his typewriter. Mm. I wasn't able to find what the final sentence was. Uh, he was originally eligible for parole in 2019. I am guessing
0: not Not, not so much. much. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure you lose all your good time when you defraud multiple companies. Also... That's a lot of work to, to do that. Like, I oh tried gosh. to submit some paperwork for um, a, a lawsuit settlement thing where there was, like, a travel agency that had called cell phones and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was for nothing. But I was like, well, this sounds like fun. I'll get involved in something legal. They really did it to me. So – and. Ultimately, I was like, yeah, they have to pay me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to make it worth the effort right. to figure out, you know, all of the tracking and the proof and the...
1: Well, and he was doing... So he's doing this on a typewriter. Again, right. you know, Without the internet. Without the internet in the last few years,
0: um, he... How do you even find out about that stuff?
1: Newspapers. He would oh, watch settlement so. stuff in newspapers and he would contact the law firms pretending to be a lawyer right and you know prove make this proof that he had it they said one of the things he sent was on the back of a department of corrections like dispute resolution form wow but i couldn't get over and again i wish they had talked more about his actual crime
0: yeah (laughs) but letterhead
1: law firms have letterhead yeah you can't just send letters from a typewriter with no letterhead Right. So, one of the talked one of the investigators that looked at this was saying, you know, a he was super inventive. Like he yeah. found a way to to. Do this. It sounds like he sent out tons of letters, tons of this shit, and kind of took what struck. And like, yeah. that GlaxoSmithKline, that was $29,000. Right. So he said, so first of all, this guy was inventive, Probably a genius. Very right. astute at figuring out how exactly to get that. But also, the companies that were doing the settlements were dumb. Like yeah. There is no way that Glaxo should have sent a $29,000 check
0: with, to, a prison.
1: to a prison with some janky letter
0: but at the same time, if you're a prisoner who really was due the settlement, would, they would send it to you. They would have to, right?
1: I guess. But I feel like for $29,000, they're going to want some proof that you were Someone. harmed by their product. Yeah. Medical records. You know, I don't know what that particular lawsuit was, but, you know, I've done the same thing, like where I've gotten notices like, hey, you could be in a class action lawsuit for, you know, blah, blah, blah. It is a lot of work for the $6 I'm
0: going to get out of it. Right because you know that's a significant chunk like i feel like you have to be one of the main people's the what are they called thank you yeah well yeah if he
1: was able to make some random claim and get that kind of money right jesus what what were the people that were actually affected getting
0: hopefully more hopefully hopefully there was something left for them right
1: Well, will have to forfeit. Hopefully, it'll be redistributed. There was something else one of the articles said. is like, well, we'll redistribute those funds to the other class action settlements. Great. Now, they all get another 50 cents. Yeah. Like, I mean, he did bad. It's no good. He should definitely pay the money back. But.
0: Yeah. But ultimately, it's not like you're actually giving anyone anything. No. Yeah. Wow. I am so impressed. Yeah. Every once in a while, there's a bad guy. And I'm just like, I know he's a bad guy. But. I'm kind of rooting for him because that's amazing.
1: I am too. And I, you know, I've got some beef against pharmaceutical companies. So sure. on one hand, I don't want things like this to run up drug costs. Um, You know, we had to have a whole talk with a doctor just about EpiPens that my kid needs and there's like yeah. a shortage and all this shit. And like, there's so much stuff that I'm not cool with it. Yeah. That I'm almost like, God, you're bad yourself and you're $29,000. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and there's something admirable about the amount of effort and dedication and like just work
1: stick yes yeah. resiliency
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but that that took like he didn't earn the money because it was fraudulent but he did work for the money he put the wor- work in yeah and that's that's impressive yeah not admirable don't end up on next week's episode it's not okay no and you know but it was kind of cool
1: it was kind of cool and you know we've talked a lot about murder lately i needed to pick me up
0: <laughs> i have dead people in mind that's okay okay <laughs> i had no, fun with all those
1: mail cool. fraud things i was yeah. so mad about the whole thing and then i found this fun story about it
0: well and i don't Think that I ever would have thought that a mail fraud story could be quite so interesting? <laughs> well, so it seems like the most boring crime, ever. but it's not. I was, so, I was talking to my
1: mom this morning, and she hadn't heard most of this. I was giving her the update with the stuff that I'd gotten this week. Yeah, and I was telling her about the one I think it was like one of the first episodes you and I did together about the guy that had all of the was it UPS's yeah.
0: Yeah, sent to his house. that He was the new UPS headquarters. You're right. Like, come on. Because
1: she was given some kind of rigmarole um, with this relative that's passed away They're having his mail forwarded to my parents. Oh, yeah. And she went to the post office and she's like, here's the situation. What do we need to do? And they gave her this whole thing about, well, you need to bring in the certificate, You need to blah, 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 blah. And she's like, fuck that noise. She went on the internet and changed it because they don't ask for anything. Yeah, no. And so she was like, but they should ask. They should do this. And I'm like, let me tell you a story. Right.
0: Wow! Yeah, so sometimes meal fraud is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, um, I know that you believe in don't end up on next week's episode, but I'm not sure <laughs> you believe. Not really committed to it. <laughs> I mean, you're all about don't end up on the episode, but not necessarily because you didn't commit the crime, which is the intent behind. <laughs> so if if people are going to do untoward
1: things, this isn't so bad.
0: Well, yes, and and no, but yes. I mean, the burglary's bad. The burglary's bad. But the screwing Glaxo. You're okay with I'm that I'm a tiny bit okay with it. Guys, I, I worry about Diana's moral compass. No. I never <laughs> promised
1: anyone that I had a moral compass to be with. You have one. It's just pointing south. No. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, I like it. I like I do too. I want to know more about this guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah.
1: All right. (laughs) So do you have a story for me?
0: I do. Mine is, um, well, actually you're going to know mine because we've talked about it, but, um, it's also not so satisfying. Like it doesn't have a really clear ending. Uh, it's not really solved. Um, and it doesn't – it's pretty modern. Like It's just a little frustrating. I feel like I should have gone first so that we could end on a high note. But <laughs> apparently, we're going to do this. Whoops. Um. So, mine has to do with the Cecil. Because when you were doing your whole – all the stuff about the Cecil and Pigeon and all of that stuff, one of the things that you brought up was – uh Elisa Lamb. Yeah. And we said, Oh, we should do that. And I was like, Okay, I'm gonna do yes, it. Do so we did it. <laughs> oh. So I thought that by now we'd have a little bit more resolution. And ultimately, it ends up kind of being a bunch of people on the internet with a bunch of different opinions and no good ending. So I'm giving you that disclaimer now so you don't get your hopes up. But I did learn a lot of things that I did not know or did not remember. So it's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. So Elisa Lam, who was her actual name is Lam Ho Yi, because she is Cantonese. Her parents were from Hong Kong and emigrated to the United States, where I think they owned a restaurant. But she was born in Vancouver, so not the United States so much. Not at all. No, uh-uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, okay, because she ended up in the United States. That's why I have it in my head.
1: Right, but on behalf of my,
0: my Canadian people. yeah. Yeah, not the same. No, not the same. But the rest of the story will take place in the United States. Because she actually went to college uh, at the University of British Columbia. And also
1: not in the United also States.
0: Also not in the United States. <laughs> but it was during her college years that she came to the United States, huh. which is where our story takes place. I'm getting there. We're going to get to California here in a minute. (laughs) The thing that she brought up when we were talking about the Cecil was that um, she had bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. She had had this diagnosis at least all of her adult life. I mean, she was not a very old adult at the time of her death. But she, um, you know, she was a college student. Her parents knew about it. They had gotten her treatment. She was on a number of prescription drugs and serious prescription drugs. But they kept it pretty hidden, like they didn't share it with everybody. It was kind of a secret. She did not so much. She had a couple of blogs. The first one was on Blogspot and the second one was on Uh, Tumblr. Oh, my gosh. Um, Which just is, I mean, I also had a number of blogs. Um, (laughs) I, I also had a number of blogs. Right, on both of those platforms. But her, her one on Blogspot, her first one, she was very open about her mental illness and, and talked about her struggle with it a lot. It sounded like it was anonymous. It had another, it was under another name and all, of, but everyone knows it's her. So I, there were probably photos or whatever. Right. Um, it wasn't terribly well capped. So she was pretty open with all of that. The prescription medications she was taking were Welbutrin, Lamitol, Lam- I can't read my handwriting on that one, so I don't know that one, Effexor, and Seroquel. Yeah, so especially Seroquel, like that is heavy duty. So it sounds well, like effects are. Yeah, effects are that's
1: heavy duty too.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like her bipolar was really significant. Yeah, um, or she was over medicated, or both.
1: Well, that's all
0: um, antipsychotics.
1: Well, yeah. So the effects are antipsychotic. The so Seroquel. is the well Butrin is just a just an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Didn't do shit for my anxiety. <laughs> um,
0: but, but they're not treating not mania. All.
1: There's nothing no. for mania in
0: there. Well, I don't know what the one that starts with Ella is. Anyway, with all of this, it is important to note that she had no reported attempts at suicide. But it sounded like had no suicide attempts. Like, not just that there weren't any that were recorded or any that wound, you know, ended up with a hospital or a police report or a whatever, but she was not suicidal. I'm going to assume that her doctor was closely monitoring her medication and that this was the mix that worked for her because she was really anxious she was, I mean, obviously had very severe symptoms. Um, she had dropped a bunch of classes. The year that she came to visit the U.S., she actually was not enrolled in school. Mm-hmm. And she was really concerned about it and written, had written about it on her blog that she was worried that all of these, like, sign up for all of these classes and get into them and then realize I can't hack it and I have to drop things would look really bad. And it might affect her ability to go to grad school and to graduate and. So right. she was actually not in school at all at this point. And it sounded like this trip was maybe like, let me take a minute, step away from my life, try to figure some things out, and then, you know, get back into it, start again.
1: The thing I wonder is if she was living in Canada and she was down here, like, did she have all of her medication? Was she taking it? Because I have come off of a fixer and it is a fucking nightmare.
0: Um. So she was taking it. Okay. I, I know from the autopsy that she had everything in her system. So it okay. sounds like that, that was, yes, that was not so much an issue. Plus, it sounds like she was pretty good about all of that. Mm. She was very aware of and involved with her mental health, which, okay. I mean, is great. is great. Yeah. So in 2013, she decided to take a trip. And um, she's she was very close with her parents mm. and kept in regular contact with them, which becomes really important. So that call your people stuff, shut it down. <laughs> um, so she traveled by herself to California. Okay. on this trip and she went to San Diego she went to the zoo she took lots of pictures she blogged she sent photos back to her family she talked to them every single day mm-hmm. checked in every day in January the 26th she traveled to Los Angeles and stayed at the Cecil yeah and what was really interesting is that originally she was sharing a room with other people hmm. I don't know if this is just a really common thing kind of like um like a hostile situation? Like a hostile, yeah. But she apparently had other roommates. Like hostile, not hostile. Very different, <laughs> yeah. Although it apparently was slightly hostile as well because at some point – And the quote was, certain odd behaviors was as much detail as, I guess, the hotel management or whoever gave. But they actually, they had some complaints from her roommates that she was acting strangely and that they could not room with her. And she was given her own room after staying there for two days. Things were already not going well. There wasn't enough detail to know whether the certain odd behavior was her quirks and like her mental illness that it was just how she was or if it was the odd behavior that came next, if right. it was like the precursor of that. Or if they just didn't, didn't want like to room her. with somebody. <laughs> <You> right. <know? laughs> well, and it sounds like she probably had the potential to be kind of a difficult person anyway. Okay. Just... Like, she was a little odd. She had a lot of dark quotes and concerns and that kind of thing. One of her, well, both of her blogs, she had like a quote on the, the header or whatever. And it was kind of dark. It was, it was worrying, like um, being worried about missing out, essentially, like this fear that you're not doing what you're supposed to in life. Or I, I forget exactly how it went, but it was kind of dark. Like, I, I think that probably hashtag FOMO. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Except in a like, anxiety kind of way not in such a yolo (laughs) I, i feel that oh absolutely but it sounds like that was a big part of her personality and it might that might just be a challenging thing when you're on vacation then she disappeared she like i said called every single day to check in with her parents without fail so on the 31st of january she was scheduled to check out of the cecil to either go home or go on her next trip or whatever. And she did not call her parents. Mm. Um, She did not check out either, but I don't know that the Cecil necessarily knew that was her plan. And so they weren't concerned, but her parents immediately called the police. Mm -hmm. they said, she's missing. She has checked in every single day. She's there on her own. You know, she's out of the country. She's a relatively young woman. We're very concerned. The police took them seriously. The family then flew to LA immediately. So within a day, they were there and searching for her. So there were a lot of limitations because she is an adult. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any reason to think anything had happened to her or that any crime had been committed. So searching the hotel was a little problematic. They could only really go in empty rooms or, you know, can I come in kind of thing. They didn't have, like, they couldn't barge in. They couldn't ask the hotel to open all the rooms for them. Um, They'd rely on cooperation there. They talked to the last person who's known to have seen her who was working in, a a shop and said that she was very positive it sounded like potentially manic like she described her as really high energy and really excited and really but she was also buying gifts for her family and a new book for herself and she was I I guess she did still have some travel left to do because she was concerned that the gifts that she you know she wanted to show them off and this is what I got but are they going to be too heavy for me to cart around while I'm Um. traveling by myself and like very bubbly and um no concerns like it didn't ring any alarm bells for anybody this was an excited young woman who had a plan and was having a great time and obviously had people who cared about her that she cared about and everything really positive by the 6th of february a week later still no sign of her and they had not been able to find anything past this you know last person to have talked to her um, and so the police decided that, you know, they, now, now there's a concern. And so they mm. sort of stepped it up. They posted flyers and they made the video of her in the elevator public. Oh. So the video is the one that I know I've, you've seen it too, right? Yep. It got oh, something like 3 million views the first week it was public. It, it was a big yeah. thing, a viral video, which is super tragic. Definitely lots of interest and intrigue and mystery. Because if you've ever watched the video, she's behaving very, very oddly in the elevator. And we talked about it a little bit um, last week.
1: Well, I remember when it came out, because I don't watch news on TV. Yeah. I knew about it the minute it hit. Like, it was everywhere. Everywhere. talking about it. Like, it was on NPR. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, and by that point, she was a young foreign student traveling alone in a big city who is missing for a week. Yep. Like it was, now it was even more than just, look at this weird girl in the elevator. Yeah,
1: no, like something went weird. What happened?
0: Right. So if you have not watched the video, the gist of it is that she's in this elevator, and we talked about this a little bit, but she's in the elevator. Um, she's trying to get the elevator to go. Mm-hmm. And she comes in, presses several buttons she does a lot of pacing back and forth she does some like hiding in the corner a lot of peering around corners it does seem like the elevator's not functioning properly because the doors don't close and they don't close and they don't close and they don't close
1: but i learned something about that recently yeah americans um
0: So, I learned recently that
1: most, if not all, of the closed door buttons and elevators in this country are disconnected. Right. And do not exist in many other countries. The only reason they continue to exist in America is because we have to have control over
0: shit. Right. We have to feel like the button does something. Right. But the button
1: doesn't do anything because the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, actually lays out regulations about how fast an elevator door can close to make sure that somebody who is mobility impaired can get in the elevator. Right. So, even. If you press it, A, it's probably disconnected. It's probably not going to do anything anyway. Right. But even if you did, it's not going to necessarily hurry anything up because it has to wait that certain amount of time under that ADA law. It may be like if she was pressing shit, maybe she was just restarting that clock over and over and over.
0: But I think that she pressed mostly floor buttons, which I wouldn't. Think. You wouldn't think so, but she like put her hand in
1: the door, like, you know, right. was her foot near the right. door and
0: it retraced or something like sensor. that.
1: And maybe it just wasn't working
0: yeah. overly well as well. I'll need to re-watch the video. I know that she... She was pressing certain floor buttons multiple times, multiple floor buttons. Like, she seemed very anxious. She was definitely scared. Whatever yeah. else was going on, she was scared and trying to get those doors to close and could not get them to close. But it sounded like, from what I was reading, that that people even at the Cecil thought that it was not functioning properly, that the doors should oh, have right. closed. I think in the beginning, she goes in the elevator and she's in there for a moment, like pushes the buttons, and then she's in there for a moment. And nothing happens. And that's when she's like looking around corners and freaking out. And but yeah, she's very upset. So there are lots of theories about this video. The weird things about the video are that people cite is that um, the timestamp is like blurred out on any version that we would see. Hmm there is some question about how long is the video? When did it occur? Is it the last time that she's captured anywhere? You know, was this the same day? All of that kind of thing. The other thing is that there may or may not be a chunk of time missing in the video where something has been cut out. And the reason that I saw given for this is that it's it's potential the video was edited because another patron came in who had nothing to do with anything and they didn't want to release their identity or so it could be like a totally innocent reason and it's right but that is another thing that people are like so it looks like somebody got a hold of this video and we're not getting the whole story and I don't know why people feel like they deserve to have the whole story like but either way right but I also think if
1: I were that other person, I really wouldn't want my face all over the news with that. that, that no,
0: you wouldn't want to be the other no. person in the elevator who was the last one to see this girl alive who had nothing to do with it, but happened to be there. I also
1: think, though, if I were getting on an elevator and somebody was acting squirrely like that, I'd get out.
0: Well, and it, I mean, they may have. Yeah. Because... I'm,
1: I'm not a fan of elevators to begin with, and if there's somebody weird in there,
0: well, <laughs> like, right. I'm out. And. The way that she was behaving, no matter what her motivation was, like, I don't think I would have felt like she wasn't going to do something weird in the elevator. Right. There's another one. Yeah. Yeah. The stairs. There's something. like. Right. Yeah. We can can do other things for a minute.
1: Yeah. I don't want to be in a close place with somebody I don't know that is being erratic.
0: Well, right. And is likely to press all the buttons or maybe pull the emergency stop and then you're trapped with them and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. So other theories are, I mean, of course, that she's scared, that maybe there was somebody after her and that even though we can't see them on the camera, that she knew or thought she knew that somebody was there Mm -hmm. chasing her and she was trying to escape. Because she does, right after this, end up dead. And nobody really knows how that happened. And so it's possible that she really was afraid of a real person who then did catch up with her and kill her. It's possible that she was feeling awfully manic and antsy and got in the elevator and it didn't close. And so she was actually frustrated. She's not very clear. It's a security camera right. video. And it's not good from good angles. so you know maybe she's just angry and she's smacking the buttons and looking around the corner and trying to find somebody to complain to or whatever there are a lot of unanswered questions about the video but it is certainly one of those things that is very uncomfortable to watch right. because there's something going on whether it's real or not for her and she is not happy and so so this video goes public still with the flyers, the video, the searching the rooms, they brought in dogs. They, you know, tried to track her all over the hotel. They came up with nothing. Those
1: dogs weren't doing their job.
0: That was where they talked about they couldn't go in all of the rooms and they didn't really find. They go in the rooms. So they
1: didn't go in the elevator.
0: Well, yes. But once you get in the elevator, oh, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't have known where she got off the elevator.
1: So that's the question I have. But I think I'm going to wait until you're further along to ask
0: So nothing is discovered. The dogs are ineffective. The flyers are ineffective. Releasing the video really just... Causes the video to go viral and gets a lot of interest. But it doesn't doesn't help anybody. There are so many armchair detectives who have all of these theories. And I mean, we're going to be that right now. Literal armchairs, 100%. But not ultimately helpful. So then some more time passes, a couple weeks. And the water pressure in the hotel is not great. Some of the guests are complaining that their water is a funny color, that it's black. That when they brush their teeth, it doesn't taste right. That when they shower, it smells funny and it's, you know, not not doing good. They go up to check out the tanks and they open up one of the tanks, which are on the roof. They open up this tank. The way the tanks are designed, they're they're very, very large tanks. They're up on the roof. Yep. In theory, no one can get to them. However, it becomes pretty obvious pretty early on that actually – Even though you can't go up the elevator or the stairs and go out onto the roof, you can just climb the fucking fire escape right up to the roof. Yeah. And that anyone who worked at the hotel or stayed for any length of time would have known that. It would have been very easy to get up there. But then you have to get the the hole for this water tower is on the top Mm -hmm. and it's really high and there are no permanent stairs or steps or ladders or anything. You have to have another way to climb up there. So bring a ladder or whatever. And the cover that's on it is very, very heavy and would be challenging for one person to remove, but really, really challenging to replace, especially if you're in the tank, which is where they found her. They drained the tank, and then they had to cut it open to get her out because the equipment they needed to remove her body could not fit through the hole. So they actually just totally sliced this thing in half to pull her out. I'm not going to describe the body, but it it was bad. I mean, she'd been in the water for weeks. Yeah. There – I mean, a body in water – She'd been in there for a long, long time. It made a lot of the autopsy and the blood tests and the tox screens and all of that really, really challenging and not yeah. very accurate. The initial cause of death was cited as accidental drowning with bipolar being a strong factor. Sure, I mean, essentially suicide and or manic episode that led her to do something dumb. It, I mean… Essentially
1: And do you get the you know adrenaline strength when you're in a manic episode like I don't know you know the mom that pulls a car off a kid or,
0: or something like that I do don't you- know that it's that significant. I think you get the energy, but I'm not sure if you I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I that another thing to look up for yeah. next week. <laughs> anyway, the interesting things about her the way that she was found is she was in the tank the lid was closed. She was totally naked, but her clothes were in the tank. And her clothes were apparently covered in some sort of sand-like particulate, And that was all the detail given on that. So I don't know if um, they had been laying outside the tank and someone tossed them in, if she had been on a beach or a sandy roof or something before she got in
1: but wouldn't that have
0: washed away
1: at that point
0: i don't know maybe it was sticky i i don't i don't know yeah. also it's very strange to me if she just went in this tank of her own accord that she would have taken her clothes off but kept them in the tank with her her what watch, else you gonna do with them i mean if you're gonna go skinny dipping in the tank wouldn't you leave them out where they're dry
1: not if my intention were to kill myself
0: and not go swimming but if your intention is to kill yourself and not go swimming wouldn't you leave your clothes on to help weigh you down or i mean why would you take them off and put them in the tank with you like i just can't think of any reason why that would
1: they have come off her
0: she was severely bloated so i think if anything they would have been more on her i don't think they could have she didn't she didn't fall apart so they didn't slide off of her okay so what about she, her watch
1: she started saying something about
0: She her. had her watch with her not on but in the tank with her and her room key but not her cell phone and they never found her cell phone well, that's weird They did the autopsy they said there was no trauma to the body that they could tell I mean granted it Hard it was tell. rough but I mean she she hadn't been stabbed she hadn't been bludgeoned she had there were you know there are things that you can tell there was a little question about sexual assault because she had some blood pooling like in her anal area and there it's possible that that was due to some sort of assault or it's possible that that was just something that happened to her body as it floated in the water and and both are apparently reasonable explanations for that well it could have been
1: Consensual beforehand.
0: Oh well yeah, there's no way I mean but like (laughs) no If you don't do it right Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean I think I feel like there could have been lots of Yeah of issues. Plus it like the medical examiner said it was just because she was in the water and because this is how, you know, and it was really more, I think, maybe even internet theory that like, well, wait a second, but Couldn't that also be?
1: Yeah. So it was noted, but not necessarily
0: remarkable. Not remarkable. She's very, very bloated, very decomposed. They tried to do a toxicology report. She didn't have enough blood in her body to do an effective one. So they did find traces of all of her prescription medicines. So it appeared as though she had been taking those properly. Mm -hmm. They also found some cold medicine and some Tylenol. They also found alcohol, but really, really low levels, like not even driving impaired levels.
1: Not even college student on vacation in California levels. Not (laughs) even that.
0: Again, none of that can really be taken as, you know, that there wasn't anything else in her system or that she hadn't been more drunk or that, you know, because it just was an inaccurate, incomplete report. Right. But they did at least verify that. She was on her meds the way that she was supposed to be. The parents did try to sue the hotel. They said that they had not taken reasonable steps to ensure that people didn't get hurt the way that their daughter did and and you're rolling your eyes, and that's pretty much what the court did too. They said, you they know
1: made it so you can't get up there easily.
0: Yeah, well, I think the parents, I mean, they were super upset. Obviously, they were. There was no one to blame. Something horrible happened to their child, but also, it was very easy to get to the water tanks. Like that was not a. Ch- you look from the outside of the building, and then you just go up.
1: But I don't feel like that's very easy. As a fat broad with poor upper body strength, I couldn't make it up there. No, but, well, but I don't think at that age I could have made it up there. Nor
0: would I have thought to. Thought to, yeah. The real reason that it was dismissed, though, was not because of the fire escape and being able to get up there. It was because they couldn't figure out how she had even managed to get in the tank. Yeah. And if they couldn't figure out how she, and and they couldn't come up with a good explanation of any kind. So obviously it wasn't too easy because no one can figure out how to do it. Right. I mean, presumably, you could drag a ladder over and climb up and remove, especially if you were more than one person. Well, even if you weren't, I mean, she'd been gone so long at that point,
1: I'm sure it never occurred to anybody she'd be up on the roof, because why the hell would you be? Right. But I can imagine, and I imagine this happens all the time, that, you know, somebody was up on the roof for something else, and they're like, there's a ladder where it doesn't belong. I'm going to put that away. Right.
0: The or lid the lid is off. Is off lot of tank.
1: I'm gonna put that away.
0: That was my thought.
1: And then you know, weeks later, when somebody's like, "Hey, did you ever see a ladder up there?" I, yeah, shit. I don't remember when that was. Right. Or maybe it happened a lot. Maybe, maybe Joe in maintenance always leaves the damn ladder out. You know, yeah. <laughs> like. And at that point, it's so. D- do you remember three weeks versus four weeks? Was right. it before she disappeared? Was it after she disappeared? I don't know.
0: I do feel like like putting the ladder away seems like something that might have happened. It sounded like the lid is the real mystery of the whole thing because it would have been nearly impossible for her to put it back on. Right. Not impossible, but really, really hard. Yeah. If somebody had been up there with her and – she had died or they had helped her die or they had murdered her or they had decided to trap her in there for whatever reason. That would have been much easier to do. I feel like if the lid was off and you came up and you're like, there's a ladder and the lid is off, unless that is something that happens all the time, which it did not sound like the case, Right. I feel like then later when people are going, well, how the hell did she get the lid back on? You'd go, I put it back on, right? I don't remember if it was before or after, but I have done that. Like unless there's some reason to hide it, I don't understand why somebody wouldn't. That was the only reason why I wasn't like, well, obviously somebody just straightened up and then never thought to say anything.
1: If it were noticeable, if it wasn't something that happened all the time, I might ask someone.
0: Right. You
1: know, that I work with, like, hey, I noticed the lid is askew. Are you doing something? Is there a reason? Like, I don't want to mess up your work.
0: Right. Or glance in. Or can
1: I go ahead and take care of that for you?
0: If the ladder's there and the lid is open and you climb the ladder to put the lid back on, you didn't peek in to make sure that nobody's working on the inside of it or, you know, an animal hasn't fallen in. Like,
1: honestly... I am so unobservant of my surroundings. Yeah. That there could be bodies everywhere and I would not.
0: <laughs> you might have someone living in your basement and you don't.
1: <laughs> I literally was at the grocery store Saturday night and I'm circling this table because they had tiny, tiny breakfast treats and I was intrigued and I was trying to make the selection of what I was going to bring <laughs> home because there were so many options. And I'm like, I'm circling this table and I'm looking at it and I'm comparing my options and I hear all of a sudden fine auntie Di. don't say anything and i look up and there's my friend sarah and all three of her kids <laughs> looking at me and it was like how long have you been standing there looking at me and they're like a while <laughs> and they were not sarah, much farther away from me than you are <laughs> Sarah. all right all right so no i can absolutely if i am busy and there's something askew i can absolutely see myself and like god damn it climbing up the ladder moving it putting the ladder away and never thinking about it again
0: yeah and not looking then,
1: and not, like, absolutely.
0: But if you then later found out that there's this big mystery about how the lid got back on, you don't think you'd remember and be like, well, I but might that, have actually done that. Right, but that
1: comes down to, is is it something that happens all the time or is it not?
0: Well, but if it is something that happens all the time, then I still feel like someone at the hotel could say, well, yeah, it'd be really hard to do from the inside, but we always put the lid back on because right. it's always off.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's true. So So it would have to be remarkable that somebody did that. Otherwise, somebody would have said it happens all the time.
0: Well, right. And if it was remarkable, then you'd remember. And if it wasn't remarkable, then you would say, but that's not remarkable. Right. So I feel like either way, the lid being put back on, the ladder being put away, I buy that more. Oh, yeah. But going up there and like doing something hard sounds... Like something you'd remember.
1: Right. But again, that brings me back to, is there some sort of mania strength that, because you said it, it is very hard, but not impossible. Right. If she was all amped up, if she's got the adrenaline running, if she thinks somebody's after her and she can hide in this place without understanding how dangerous it is.
0: And take off all her clothes and watch. Yeah. I mean, she also was potentially seriously hallucinating in the elevator. So it doesn't yeah. have to make sense. Well, it doesn't
1: have to make sense, but I also am thinking about: Is it bath salts that people get naked? Not that, not that she's on it, but there are some drugs, yeah, that you feel like you're burning up inside, yeah. And frankly, I, had, uh, I think I had that fever for forty days, and I got naked a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> so, <you know. laughs>
0: I think that some ecstasy. There's something with. Oh. Either something that you take with ecstasy or some kind, like too high of a dose Mm -hmm. does increase your internal body temperature. But she also would have been in the water. I don't maybe she stripped because she felt like she was drowning. I it doesn't it doesn't have to be. Well yeah, because people with hypothermia strip. Yeah. Yeah. Dilitov Pass, baby.
1: Yeah. They were a lot of them were naked.
0: The other two things that are weird and a mystery are and this one I just don't feel like is much of a mystery, but people pointed out because her cell phone was missing. Yeah. Her blog continued to post after her death. However, Tumblr has a tool just like we do with our podcast where you can schedule it. Oh. Ah. And so it's entirely possible that she scheduled things throughout her vacation to post. I mean, she was busy doing other stuff. She may yeah. have just had a backlog of posts that were scheduled to go off. I don't know why Tumblr has not been able to – say, yes, she did or no, she didn't. I feel like there should be a digital record of that really easily accessible.
1: Does Tumblr do that natively or would it be, because we do it through a third party.
0: Well, I mean, not our podcast and our WordPress site, we don't. Those I do in, I schedule them. So when I go to publish the episode on Monday night Mm -hmm. or sometimes like Saturday or Sunday, I just schedule it to post using that platform. Right. Our social media we use a, a third party. A different thing. But
1: just, I've never used Tumblr. Does Tumblr do that schedule natively? It does. Okay. Yeah,
0: it does. That was what people assumed is that they have, a, it's called Q for them. And yeah. there's a, a Q function in that she probably used that. But since her phone was missing, it's entirely possible that somebody posted on her behalf or posted things she had saved to her account to look like she was still alive. So she must not have had
1: like a laptop with her.
0: I mean, she didn't have a laptop with her on the roof. And all signs point to the fact that she went to the roof voluntarily.
1: No, I meant laptop like on the trip.
0: I I don't know. But if she had the entries already written and saved as a draft, somebody could easily post them from her phone. Or if they just wanted to fake. I mean, her blog was personal and a lot about mental health and a lot. But her Tumblr was mostly fashion quotes and pictures of models and quotes Mm. that she found on the Internet and memes and that kind of thing. So it wasn't. It would not have been hard to fake. I really don't think that happened. I think she had her stuff scheduled in a queue. And I don't know where her phone is, but wherever it is, I don't think someone was using it to pretend that she was still alive. Right. That doesn't make any sense. And it sounds far fetched. But. It would have been possible. Right. Right. People
1: knew she was missing immediately. Immediately.
0: Right. If they did that, they would have known enough about her to know that she had an active blog, but not enough to know that she contacted her family every single day and they'd worry. So it doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, and even if, I mean, if I lost my phone right now, like I have the third party we used to do social media. I have my blog. Yeah. My blogs there. I don't know that that would be somebody's first instinct to be like, let's post shit to dianasecon.com. <laughs> you know? Right.
0: Well, but I think about like people who have written letters that are supposed to be from their victims and people, so that you can... Yeah, no, you're right. So if, if I killed you and I knew that you... you didn't. Well, I'm not going to. Thank you. <laughs> But if I kill you and I know that you post to Facebook twice a day and I know that your posts are pretty generic, I could easily do that if I was in possession of your phone or your computer or your account. Can you imagine how mad Amanda would be if you killed me? Because her team is cut in half. It's true. It's true. <laughs> also, she'd have to listen about like murder and shit. I mean, she does not really like that. No. Also, I'm not going to kill you. That's not the point. Well, I appreciate that, but I'd like to put it out there that Amanda would be very angry with you. And so that's my primary motivation. I would also, like, you'd have to do all my work. No, I'd be in prison. I'd buy a typewriter and defraud some medical company. Cheryl and Jen would have to do all of both of our work. Right. (laughs) It's true. Somebody would have to move to Minneapolis where it is cold. I don't think either of them are going to do that. No. I don't think Amanda is either. No. So that was one sort of mystery was the the blog. But really, I think in that, the more significant thing is the missing phone. Yeah. Like her watch was in the tank. Her clothes were in the tank. Her key card was in the tank. The phone was not and it was not in her room and no one found it. Was her watch like a good watch? Or was it like a I don't know. fashion watch? I, it was probably. A, I mean, I don't think it was a smart watch. I don't so, think those existed then. Well, then it definitely wasn't a smart watch. But there were Fitbits and stuff. I don't yeah, I suppose. it was like that. But it wasn't like,
1: I don't know anything about watches, a Rolex or no, like I don't something sensible. So.
0: No, I don't think so. I don't know that it had any value. But I, I don't know. Because she was very into fashion and modeling and clothes. Mm. And so maybe it did. I, I don't know. But I mean, also, her clothes were in there and presumably they were the same quality as her watch. Whatever quality that might be.
1: My watch is much higher quality <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay fair um so the last thing that was kind of interesting is that apparently the medical examiner changed his opinion a couple of times so on june 15th they they checked so the way that the form there was some detail about the form so the way the form is laid out is there are check boxes for cause of death whether it's accidental whether it's homicide whether it's suicide whether it's undetermined. And apparently on this form, it would be very challenging to accidentally mark the wrong box. They're very spread out. It's very clear. I mean, there would have been a lot of experience, whatever. So Hopefully. the right the the purpose of saying that is that any changes in which boxes were marked were probably intentional at the time, okay, and not an accident. On the fifteenth, accident was checked and dated. On the 18th, the medical examiner checked undetermined on the form and dated it. Then sometime in the next three days, crossed out undetermined and initialed it and made a note that it was mistakenly checked. So it was... Not mistakenly checked, but apparently there was a change of opinion in there somewhere, and ultimately they decided to go with accident, even though at least for a couple of days they were not sure they could say accident.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I mean, it, it, unless you know that she was suicidal... Right. It would seem to be accidental, but we just we're never going to have any way of knowing no. whether there was intention there or not.
0: Assuming that no one else was involved, unless somebody uncovers a note or finds some more video or something, you just won't know. And even if you do know, and it was just her, you won't know whether she was having some sort of are they psychotic breaks? I. Manic, some sort manic of, episodes. Yeah, some sort of episode or whether she was depressed and suicidal and had intentionally done this. I just wonder if somebody else wasn't in some way involved. Not that I think someone murdered her or tricked her into getting in the tank for the purpose of killing her and stealing her phone. Right. But I just feel like someone knows something about it and was there at some point so my question is we've got all the
1: footage of the elevators Mm -hmm. and there doesn't seem to be footage of like the hallways or the places that she was
0: looking out at so some of the footage of the elevator is taken from the hallway but it seems as though the cameras were only pointed at the elevator and so you can see parts of the hallway from inside the elevator and from the hallway looking into the elevator. And there's no one else in the picture. Although that's where people say, well, yeah, but the, it's been doctored. Like, there's obviously a, a time gap. And there's, so maybe there was somebody there and we just don't know. It's not any of our business. But well, and presumably somebody knows.
1: Right. And it's not problematic. Like, the police have looked at it. Right. Everybody's looked at it. Right. Right
0: the other question
1: is so that's weird i think that the cameras were only pointed at or in the elevator like nothing in the hallway nothing up on the roof which i know that neighborhood that is has weird. improved but it's still a bit sketchy
0: well right and right
1: and, and there were no external like and that's a high potential for especially if it wasn't horribly hard to get up there like that's just a high potential for just like
0: vandalism and Yes. hattery well right and that's water that is being used at the hotel like you should and it's probably an expensive system like yeah uh, right well and the other thing too is they they brought in the
1: the dogs why didn't they pick up traces of her or did they just not point the dogs in that way they I didn't pick up traces on the fire escape or the roof, or the you know however else she got there.
0: I think they took the dogs. The dogs sounded like they started in her room, and she was all over the hotel. I think they just didn't find anything. I don't know that the dogs would have found much after weeks. Well, they, after no, they
1: can. They on, on
0: a fire escape that's been outside though. That I don't know,
1: but I remember. Um, I think it was back when I worked with Explorers. We had somebody come in and talk about cadaver dogs who trained cadaver dogs. Right. And talked about, you know, the sense of smell. And, you know, years sometimes they can come well, up with, although cadaver smell is different from
0: and living also, girl smell. Right. So they wouldn't have necessarily identified it as her. But if you brought a cadaver dog into that hotel a week after she went missing... She's all over that hotel.
1: Well and a cadaver dog would be the wrong one. Right. Cause there's but we didn't know there was a cadaver at that point.
0: But she's still all over that hotel. Yeah. I, I but think it, that but I
1: think it would have put picked up like let the dogs loose, let them run around. She probably wasn't on different floors much. She probably like she wasn't all over, but if they'd let it, you know, let them follow the trail, would they have taken them to the fire escape?
0: Maybe. But she'd also been in the hotel for multiple days. She'd been up and down the elevator. She'd been in and out of several rooms on a couple different floors because she stayed in a couple different rooms. They couldn't go into all of the rooms. So we don't know how she got to the fire escape, whether she, you know, went out of a room that she'd been in, whether she, I don't, I don't know, even in a hotel where all of the fire escapes go. Well, they are.
1: Yeah, I mean I was thinking I didn't realize there was a fire escape involved. I was thinking that she had somehow gotten like to a stairwell, so up s- to the roof and and figured out how to get in because fire escapes I mean they do make them accessible from when you're inside but not necessarily easily and
0: they're not down at the
1: street level like she didn't climb up i think that's like 17 stories or something
0: yeah no she didn't well so and that's one of the things they said is that anyone working there would have known it sounds like people went to the roof and that that was not an uncommon thing and so there must have been a pretty accessible way from one of the floors up to the roof
1: when was it a ladder style fire escape or like a stair style fire escape
0: I don't know the answer to that. I know that the actual stairs were very well locked. And so that's why the parents sued. They said, well, yeah, okay, you locked the the stairs and the elevators and she can't – but she just climbed up. Like it was not hard and everyone knew how to do it.
1: Yeah, but people people always find a way to do what they want to do. Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, and so that's sort of the other reason why I wonder if somebody wasn't involved. Because she'd been at the hotel, but she hadn't been at the hotel that long, less than a week. During that time, she did a lot of other activities. She, she fought with some people in a room. Blah, blah. Like, I don't know that she would have stumbled upon the fire escape and then decided to go up there and kill herself. In, I mean, there are lots – if I was at a hotel and I was suicidal or manic or whatever and I wanted to harm myself – Climbing a fire escape, opening up a tank, going inside, taking off my clothes. That, that seems really a stretch. If I'm on the roof, why didn't I jump? You know.
1: But the other thing I was thinking, if she was staying in a room with a bunch of other, I'm guessing, people of a similar age. I think so.
0: Yeah, I think they're kids.
1: I can imagine if I were in her shoes, if one of those kids had been like, hey, we figured out how to get up on the roof. You want to go up there and smoke? Yes. Yes. Well, especially... I want to go do that. And then I know how to get up on the
0: roof. Right. Well, especially after you've kicked me out of your room and I don't know anyone here and like now maybe we can. Well, even from an adventure perspective, like one of the things I've always wanted
1: to do in my life is go up to the round room in Monticello Mm -hmm. because you can't.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can now, but. It's not allowed.
1: No, you can. They have tours and everything. They've opened it. No, I
0: mean like that's why you wanted to do it is because.
1: Well, because I like I've always like wanted to be a docent or something like that because yeah. I like to see all those hidden areas right. and I like to know all the nooks and crannies. So hell, even now if I was at a hotel and somebody's like, Hey, I can show you how to go on the roof, do you wanna do it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs>
0: well, or if you I mean Obviously the hotel was a little bit involved in her personal life, right? They had mm-hmm. to remove her from a room and put her in another room. They talked to her when she was buying gifts. They, you know, they Yeah. there was some contact there if there had been an, a young person on staff who was like, "Hey, we always go up to the roof if you want to go. We could go swimming, we could yeah. look out at the city, we could whatever." Um I feel like that that makes sense to me that somebody would would have showed her how to get up there.
1: Well and if if we didn't have the video of her behaving like she did in an elevator, mm-hmm. I could almost see where we would be something like that, where the college kids or the kids that worked at the hotel or whatever like went up there, they all went skinny dipping in the thing, she got in trouble and they bailed.
0: Well right. And that that was my other thought. Like They tossed her shit in because they didn't know what to do. Somebody stole the phone because that's valuable and it's electronic. And they all ran away. Mm -hmm. They put the lid back on. They put the ladder away and pretended like they were never there. I just think that's a really reasonable explanation. Yeah. Also, it makes sense why no one is admitting to putting the lid back on and putting the ladder away. And how she got up there in the first place. And
1: Well, and the best thing would be that she wasn't there with a group. That she was there with a person. Yeah. Did she... Get picked up at a bar or right. did, did she get friendly with one of the people
0: right in the who, room at
1: the hotel on the street
0: yeah. somebody who worked there knew this stuff yeah i mean now I, I feel like i'm saying the employees did it which I,
1: <laughs> no, but, I mean it could have been anybody it could have been somebody who stayed it could have been an employee but it could have been somebody that you know again hey i know how to do this thing you want to do this right they go they skinny dip she gets in trouble yeah he or she throws the shit in closes the lid never says a word
0: yeah well and and totally accidentally and it doesn't sound like there's any reason that anyone would have wanted to kill her no they didn't steal all her stuff only her phone is missing they you know there was no physical harm done to her I mean unless somebody took her up on the roof raped her and then panicked and needed to cover it up and that's how she ended up which is also I think totally plausible yeah I'm just frustrated that I don't think there's any way to solve it. Because it doesn't sound like video surveillance did the trick. It doesn't sound like it sounds like some people know something about her and that you know, and it's it is recent enough and still unsolved that maybe there is more to the story and we just aren't allowed to know it because it's still an ongoing investigation. Yeah. But it it sounds a little concluded in that people are just kind of like, Yeah, we're just never gonna know. She was acting weird and she probably got herself into trouble.
1: Yeah. But you never know. When I was a kid, we didn't know where the Titanic was.
0: Wow. That makes you sound so old. No. True story. We,
1: <laughs> didn't, we didn't know who Deep it was. Yeah. Like, there were a lot of mysteries that I did not think would be solved in my lifetime that totally have been.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, Colonial Parkway murders? Yeah. I am so frustrated. Oh, no. Someone tell me who did this. <laughs> I know you know.
1: I got to read that book.
0: Mm, it was really good. The end was a little heartwarming. Just be warned. Also, it's about a bunch of wonderful children who die. And I'm just going to always talk about that forever and ever. And then somebody's going to get annoyed and be like, you know what? I did it. Fine. I confess. Stop talking. No, yeah.
1: There. That's good. Fine. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll take it.
0: So. Well, Diana, I think that we should wrap it up because my dog is snoring on my lap. <laughs>
1: I couldn't tell if it was the one in your lap or the one over there. Well maybe both.
0: Yeah, the one over there is the louder one, but it's matching up with the breathing on my <laughs> arms. So I think it might be this one. <laughs> so I'm wondering if we have any shout-outs or things we want to talk about.
1: Um it's been a little light
0: on the shout-out. And tons of listens though. Oh my and gosh. A lot of thank you guys for answering my foot poll. <laughs> At the time of this recording, it has only been about 24 hours, and we have a ton of people who answer that. Also, all your feet are wrong. What the fuck is wrong with you? Hey,
1: hey, hey, I hey. <laughs> can't help it.
0: I know. Not
1: everybody's, you know, perfectly formed.
0: I know. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry for your deformity.
1: I, I think technically we are the ones with the deformity.
0: Uh, we're the ones with the feet. Correctly, shaped. Look at a shoe. It is designed to fit my foot.
1: There is no shoe that's designed to fit this monstrosity.
0: Uh, yeah, but the top of the shoe is totally designed to fit your foot. They are not pointed at the big toe. I don't know what shoes you guys are wearing. I hope your feet don't hurt. What do we need to tell our listeners?
1: Well, first of all, we need to tell our listeners that Crime Crazy is sponsored by M. Gillum and Elizabeth Wilder. woo Yay! Show sponsors support Crime Crazy through Patreon at the $10 per month level or above.
0: Thank you. Yes, you guys are awesome. You are heroes.
1: I am looking at a whole table full of stuff you helped us buy.
0: It is true. It is true. And it is fantastic stuff. And the table. Erin
1: is so excited about this new computer she got.
0: I really, it is so nice to just be able to put the files on there and it works and it doesn't crash and it doesn't lose my stuff. Yeah. I'm also really excited about the microphones. Yeah. Hey guys, there's a couple other things that I need. So you should visit our Patreon.
1: <laughs> if you'd like to support Crime Crazy, please check out our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Pod or search for Crime Crazy Podcast. All patrons get a monthly shout out on the show.
0: And we go, woo!
1: Yeah, we do. Um, we also give shout outs for reviews. So if you'd like to receive a shout out, please rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice. We give shout outs for all reviews. But we like the five star ones the best. It's true. Do we want to tease about our upcoming exciting news? We could. We have upcoming exciting news.
0: Was that the tease? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Very soon. Actually, after this episode drops, it may even be current.
1: You can follow Crime Crazy on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash crimecrazypod.
0: From there, catch up on the conversation
1: and tell us all about your weird feet by joining the Crime Crazy group. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at crimecrazypod, on Instagram at crimecrazypod, visit our website at crimecrazypodcast.com, or email us at crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, You're at... Erin Pline. I'm at Diana underscore Seacon. And on Instagram, you're at... E Pline. And I'm at classy underscore broad underscore MSP. Oh, we were talking about the upcoming exciting news. Yes. We have upcoming exciting news that that we are still working out the final details on. Yes. And we should have more information for you uh, after the first week of September.
0: I am really excited. I am so excited. Uh... It involves making friends. <laughs> so. I know that I have just spent several
1: hours of today convincing people that I don't care what they think mm-hmm. you or that try they like me. I'm super excited about the new friends we're going to make. I am too. I really, really am. And I think you guys are going to be excited about the friends you're all about to make too.
0: It is definitely true. Um, also, I just have to give a general shout out uh, since we're short of in the shout out section for... Just the true crime independent podcast community is oh amazing. Gosh. They are so wonderfully supportive and tight knit. We were talking to somebody recently about that and just about how they're like, we know everybody yeah. and, and you, you tweet them and you can ask them questions. Like it's just a very nice supportive community and not competitive. I and
1: mean, Very much so, which great. is such a relief from so much more of the internet.
0: Well, right. The internet, but just also life. But yeah, no, it's right. super, super nice. So on that note, um, if there is a true crime podcast that you listen to that is not us, like that's totally cool. But also if they're good, let us know. We would like to listen to them as well. Absolutely.
1: There's so much good stuff out there. Absolutely. It's just, it's overwhelming.
0: It is. Yeah, there's not enough hours in the day to listen to all of it, but at least you can always listen to something.
1: Yeah. I used to be able to listen to stuff while I worked and I can't do that anymore. No. And it's really cutting down on my great podcast time. <laughs> I am so far behind. On you everything. should take the
0: bus. No, I'm no nope, don't take the bus, Diana. It's not worth it.
1: Honestly, I wouldn't get any listening time because for my place to work, it's three different buses. <laughs> like, well and also you would them.
0: end up on next week's episode. Murder everybody. <laughs> Alright, so Diana, do you have any good advice for us this week? I do. You do? Mm-hmm. You're so wise.
1: Oh, I thought ass was coming after that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> My friends, don't poach the no. funny, cute animals. No, snuggle. Love take photos of take photos of make funny videos of maybe even send a few dollars to an organization that helps those funny cute animals it's true love them yes call your people yes and don't end up on next week's episode